Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. And this is the Friday Five on Friday, the 5th of January, 2024. Happy New Year to you all. We hope you enjoyed the Christmas break and I'm sure the results of last Saturday probably helped. In just a few minutes, we shall be talking about the latest news coming out of the city ground with Tom and the Maradona of the Midlands. But first, let's get the news bulletin. So it's over to Jamie at the 1865 News Desk. Hi, this is Jamie Martin with your top five forest stories from the 1865 News Desk. Now, the headline of this week's news, Nottingham Forest could be at risk of an FFP breach. Reports have emerged this week that suggest Nottingham Forest are amongst the clubs most at risk of breaching profit and sustainability regulation rules. In the Championship, Forest could lose a total of £30 million per season, which accounts for £26 million in the last FFP period, with a further £35 million in losses allowed in the club's previous Premier League season. This totals to a £61 million loss over three seasons, with the Times reporting that Forest and Everton are most at risk of a breach. Telegraph reporter John Percy says that the club are, quote, confident that no rules have been broken and that top sports lawyer Nick DeMarco KC has been hired to argue their case, although there is no doubt that the margin is quite close. All Premier League clubs are under scrutiny regarding FFP, with all clubs expected to find out whether they have breached any rules on January 14th, 2024. Now, second in this week's news, Fluminense's captain has snubbed a move to Nottingham Forest. Despite being linked over the course of the autumn-slash-winter period, Nino, captain of Club World Cup finalist Fluminense, has decided not to join Nottingham Forest. Priced at around £5 million, most Forest fans were excited for the arrival of the experienced Brazil international, but despite negotiations lasting over a month, the defender chose to move further east, joining Russian side Zenit St. Petersburg. With Forrest losing numerous defenders to AFCON, the hope was that Nino's arrival would fill that void while also helping the club's ageing defence. Fabrizio Romano reports that the deal for Nino to Forrest was very close. And now a bit of shock news for Nottingham Forest fans. John Joe Shelby's contract is terminated. He never left on loan. In a huge shock to Forest fans, the supposed loan move for John Joe Shelby to Saikor Rizespor didn't happen. Instead, Forrest reportedly opted for other means. 
Guardian reports this week revealed that Nottingham Forest had terminated the contract to the former Newcastle midfielder as the club had exceeded a number of outgoing loans. Now, this is according to John Percy that there was an error um, with loan systems and Alex Mighton left on loan, which caused an issue for this. And therefore, John Joe Shelby had to leave by permanent means. So that means Shelby is now therefore a permanent player of the Turkish side, which currently sits seventh in the Turkish Super League. Forrest had announced on their website and social media channels in posts that have now been removed that the move was on a loan basis, having Shelby only joined six months previously. Questions are being raised, but the undeniable fact, John Joe Shelby is no longer on Forrest books. And now in terms of performances, Nottingham Forest beat Manchester United for the first time at the City Ground since 1992. On Saturday last week, Nottingham Forest were victorious over Manchester United in a stunning 3-1 victory in the Premier League. The first time they've beaten United since returning to the Premier League and also the first time since 1992 at the City Ground. The game started as it meant to go on, Forest dominance. A controlled first half ended level with Forest opening the scoring in the second half with Nicolas Dominguez. A disappointing state of play led to an equaliser, however Forrest would right those wrongs with a rocket of a shot into the back of the net from Morgan Gibbs-White on the edge of the box. A historic win for the Reds who now sit 15th in the Premier League with 20 points, 5 points off the relegation zone. And now lastly in this week's news, Nottingham Forest players head to AFCON. A number of Forest stars have left to join their home nations as they prepare for the upcoming African Cup of Nations tournament this month. Ibrahim Sangare, Moussa Niakate, Serge Aurier, Ola Aina, Willy Bolly and Cheku Kiate have all left for their respective nations ahead of the tournament, which takes place from 13th of January until the 11th of February 2024. Forest have the highest number of African players in the Premier League with seven, six of those heading to AFCON this month. Tarawani, the only player not heading to AFCON through groin injury. Sheffield United have the second highest African quota with four players. Now that's the latest from the 1865 News Desk. I'm Jamie Martin. Be sure to catch up with me on social media via I'm Jamie Martin on Twitter. Updates on Nottingham Forest related news throughout the week. Happy New Year. Take care. Thank you very much, Jamie. And uh, let's go straight into discussing uh, some of those stories. And what I'd like to do is start off with with that first story. Um, it sounds an obvious place to start, doesn't it? Um, and it's a story that's dominating uh, the headlines at the moment. It's become national news, as so many things to do with forest spending sprees have, which is whether forests are going to be in breach of profit and sustainability rules, or as it's more commonly known, financial fair play regs. And Forrest are apparently sailing close to the wind. Kieran Maguire uh, of the Price of Football podcast and respected academic talking about football finances. The story seemed to come from a, a report, an interview with him, where he said there's going to be a few clubs sailing close to the wind and Forrest are bound to be one of it. And that there seemed to be a bit of journalistic license that came from that, which took us in the direction of people saying, well, Forrest might get deducted points. So, to the Maradon the Midlands, first of all, does this worry you? Yes, I think it does worry me. Um, I've always been a little bit concerned about the level of spending we've we've undertaken since we've got promoted. Um, it's, it seems slightly foolhardy to me to spend all of the TV money in both seasons. Um, I would have maybe taken a more circumspect approach to it if, if it was my... Um, hands on or, or my if I had control of the purse strings um and I just I just look at the other clubs in the Premier League sort of similar sized clubs um who have been there for a few years and they're not they've not been able to spend anywhere near the sort of money we've spent say you look at somebody like Crystal Palace 
Um, so it does it does concern me that we 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 we're bound to be close to breaching um, those regulations. And Tom, to come to you, Tom Newton. Um, I mean, are you? Marriage on the Midlands sounds quite worried. I'm a little bit more laid back about it. Where do you fall on the spectrum? Um, probably the same as you, really. Um, we all knew that Forest was going to be a bit close to the wind in terms of the spending, uh, the time out of the Premier League, because obviously the uh, the years where this um, FFP sits in is obviously we had a couple of years in the Championship. And, and at the end of the day... Um, We've tried to compete in the Premier League, which the ultimate goal was last season to stay up, which we did. Um, bearing in mind, I'm not looking for preferential treatment here, but we got promoted on the back of no parachute payments, etc. So we've done things accordingly. I mean, they're not going to go over like the years, but we've like sold like an academy product every year near enough to uh, stay in the um, on the right side of FFP. So um, I think. It's a case of the Premier League looking at us because of obviously the time spell or the time span of being in the Championship, being in the Premier League and obviously what we spent on everything. I think we're going to be um, OK, but uh, but like I said, it's going to be an interesting few weeks while they, they look through um, our financing and accounting over the last um, year or so. Yeah, and it seems as though part of the argument hinges upon the Brennan runs. Brennan Johnson transfer, uh, which obviously brought in lots of money, but seems to fall after the cutoff date. And one of the things, uh, married on the Midlands with some of our friends the other night, we were having a discussion, weren't we, about um, the trouble with football regulations is they they seem to be a bit of a movable feast. So um, is it possible that Forrest thought they were moving to one set of regs and then the FA have changed the cutoff dates and so on? Is it the Premier League? I don't know who is in who's in who's in charge of this. Is it the FA? Is it the Premier League? I'm not sure. No, I think it's the Premier League. It's it was it's, they sort of came up with the regulations themselves. They're self-governing, I think, in that respect. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know when they changed the date of when when. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm not even sure if they have. I think they just changed how quickly you decide if you've breached it or not. So they just so you have to to do it by the end of January, everybody's going to know one way or the other to sort of avoid it dragging on. I think the, the period under consideration is probably the same, whichever way you look at it. It's just whenever the year-end accounts is for Boris, that's looking at each year's account. So, um, but yeah, I, it, it is, a, I mean, I think the, what what's the main problem is, is that there's no set punishment. In the championship, there are set punishments. You, you breach it, breach FFP you get um, um, a set punishment here that's I think the problem Everton have had well the issue Everton have had with it as well is that it just seems to be an arbitrary figure of 10 points out of nowhere I think it, maybe a fairer system would be so just to, a, a percentage of the average number of points you've taken over that three-year period um, and, and equate that percentage to how many percent you're over the uh, FFP limit I think that would probably be a fairer way of doing it and then wouldn't be so much uncertainty over all of it but um, at the moment it's just down to a commission who decide whatever happens happens. And of course there's the argument that that the Everton points deduction if it's upheld and obviously Everton are appealing that 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 will maybe set the precedent in itself and that's one of the reasons why they went hard. Tom? I do think FFP is basically protecting the bigger clubs in this country. I mean okay 
we know we've spent a lot of money, but we want to compete at this level. Um, we've been, what, 23 years out of it. And Norwich come up and hardly spent anything and went straight back down. And Forrest have turned around and said, we don't want to be that kind of club. We want to be, obviously, um, be a sustainable Premier League club over time. But obviously, you've got to spend a bit of money to actually stay there kind of thing. So, um, and then I, I do get... If you're the bigger club, you can sell more shirts around the globe and this, that, and the other. But clubs like ourselves who have come up from the championship, you've got to start from somewhere because, like I says, if they're expecting you just to spend like 10 million on one player, well, ultimately you're going to go down. And then if you look at, I know we spent a lot, and it's obviously it's been the rhetorical uh, story over the last year or so, but we had to get a squad into one compete and have enough bodies in case there's injuries and this, that and the other. So I, I do get the rules, but then in some ways, I, f- I think it's like penalising clubs who are trying to compete at this level. And just as a case in point on that one, Tom, and I'm just, I don't want to, this is a Forest podcast, so we don't want to talk too much about other clubs, but I saw someone on social media make the point, well, Bournemouth spent a lot of money to get promoted and spent a lot of money since they've been in the Premier League. Now, this time around, obviously, they got parachute payments, but... um is it just maybe that Forrest are a glamorous name for the headline writers to go for? Possibly. But the the thing is, though, with Bournemouth going down, they've managed to keep bulk of their players. And we've never had that opportunity. So and I did read at one point, I may be wrong in saying this, but I'm sure Bournemouth's uh, wage outlay was 107% of their um, revenue. So, So I don't know where they sit in terms of the, the rules and regulations regarding this. But, um, but yeah, I think they've just said, oh, Forrest has spent a lot. And I'm not saying we've actually done anything wrong, but I think they've just looked at it and thinking they've spent a lot. They've spent so many years in the championship and everything. Let's have a look at them. But we'll have to just see where it uh, takes us in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what I would say is that Kieran Maguire, say he that interview, he said... Forrest would be one of the clubs who'd be sailing close to the wind. He also quite pointedly said on social media afterwards, I'm not saying they've breached regulations because we don't know. Um, but just saying that Forrest has spent a lot of money and even allowing for amortisation and the sale of Brennan Johnson um, to help balance the books, looking at the accounting periods that are being taken into consideration, Forrest will have to account for that. And the fact Married on the Midlands, that they've they're hiring Nick DeMarco KC to represent the club um, and to advise about how to take this forward suggests that yeah, there's there, there's something there where they'll have to present a case, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that I think they probably will be technically over it because because the um, the lower limits of the championship I think will have absolutely scuppered them in terms of the um, the uh, allowed losses. So yeah, obviously hired somebody. Who, who's an expert in arguing these things. And um, I don't know if you can argue it, because if you're over the limit, you're over the limit. I don't I don't know how you can, if, you, if they're going to be sort of um, apply the law or the rules um, strictly, I can't see how you can argue yourself out of it, but we'll see what happens. And, and just staying with you uh, very briefly, Maradona, um, I was discussing with 1865 Dad the other day that, you know, one of the things that is different um, these days is that for all the kind of eccentricities in terms of the way the club is run and and obviously the the kind of character of, of Mr. Maranakis, but 
even if you could have some ethical issues with the way that certain things have been done, such as some of the transfers between Forest and Olympiakos and thinking about converting um, debts to equity and so on. But those are things that are above board and they're not, you know, you may think, well, that shouldn't be doable, but they are legal. And so in that respect, I would also say that unlike, for example, under the previous owner and um, who who was clearly making it up as he went along and was always going, oh, it'll be fine, and then not paying wages and so on. But Mr. Maranakis, in terms of having his hand on the tiller, he is concerned about the regulations, isn't he? He doesn't want the club to be dragged down in that way. Yeah, I think they've got a whole sort of backroom team of sort of people who know what they're doing now, which makes a big difference because when when Boaz was there, there wasn't anybody there really. So, um, we, yeah, it... It, it was always going to be an issue for us and when sort of technicalities came into play um, and detail things I don't think Fawaz was a details man um, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's very diplomatic of you yeah so I mean yeah yeah they've got they've, they've you've got to give them credit they've since, ever since they've come in they've hired sort of professional people who who know what they're doing and, and although there's been a high turnover turnover of a lot of those people there's always got somebody in in place to look after the, the jobs and the, the nitty-gritty of it all. And I noticed it's Nick DeMarco, KC, and not Nick Randall, KC, who's the, who's the man who's been chosen to represent. But anyway, that, that's potentially a whole other story, and we, we don't want to get into trouble with, with of any legal issues of our own. Um, Tom, let's just move on to story number two. Uh, Nino not coming to Forrest. There's been lots of talk that uh, Forrest have been interested in signing him from Fluminense and lots of fans getting excited about it. But he is going elsewhere. Is that something that is a disappointment to you? Um, I don't I don't really know much about the player apart from um, he's from Brazil, plays for Fluminense. But I haven't really seen him play. But it would have been nice to get another centre half in the door in because obviously Bolly's um, out on international duty with Ivory Coast. Nick Carty's with Senegal. Uh, Worrell and uh, McKenna don't really seem to be in the pitch, so it would have been nice to have a, another centre-half, because Murillo's obviously there, but Felipe, you just can't keep fit at the moment. But it's a bit of a strange moon for, uh, for Nino, because he's going to Zenit. They can't play in any European competition, because of obviously UEFA sanctions from the war in Ukraine. It's a bit of a sideways move, but it's, it's up to him what he wants at the end of the day. But if he's that good, he pro- surely he could have gone to another club in the Premier League or uh, somewhere else in Europe. Um, but yeah, going to Zenit, I think it's a bit, bit of a wasted move, really, because obviously he can't really do anything on an in, in, in the tournaments because obviously they're not allowed to play in it. So yeah, it's a bit of a strange one for him. But if he wants to go to Zenit, then it's up to uh, Nino. Yeah, you you can't make someone move somewhere where they don't want to, apart from that time that Forrest did do that with one of the Greek lads. Anyway, um, at Maradon the Midlands, I mean, uh, with, uh, we'll come on to AFCON a little bit later on, but um, McKenna seems to be on the move, and I saw a rumour that apparently Celtic are interested, which would be an incredibly good move for all parties, I think. But um, it could be the chance for Worrell and Omobamadeli to, to, to get some minutes, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly disappointed uh, that we've not signed him. I think we've got too many players as it is, so um, I think we can get through Akon. Uh, and does it make a difference that um, that Nuno is, is thus far playing a back four, so therefore it maybe lessens the need to get another centre-half in? Yeah, 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 that's a good point as well. Yeah, well, yeah. 
You're listening to 2324 season 1865 is sponsored by Green King Sports where football is more than a game. Their venues are showing every televised forest fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. They've launched the Green King Sports Instagram page which will be home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. They've already given away Champions League final tickets and signed shirts, so you don't want to miss out. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know about all of this. You'll be helping us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Welcome back to 1865, the Friday Five on Friday the 5th. And we're going to move on to the next story, which Jamie brought us a little bit earlier. So, John Joe Shelby, we thought he was out on loan and Forrester paying lots and lots of money in wages for a player who's clearly never going to play for the club anymore. And now we've had it confirmed he's not going to play for the club anymore because he is no longer a Forest player. Now, I'm not going to want to talk about the fact he's no longer a Forest player. Um, Tom, what I'd like to uh, discuss is the weird narrative going on about this, which is uh, Forrest said he was out on loan. And then it's emerged that actually his contract was was terminated so he could move away and basically Forrest could get him out of the club. It's all a bit murky, isn't it? It is strange. It is coming as a bit of a surprise because everybody thought he was just on loan. Um, whether it's an admin error along the way, which seemingly looks to be the case. That money was just resting in my account. Yeah, so I think it's uh, good. Although I think uh, signing John Joe Shelby has been, well, at the time I, I thought it was a bit of a, a strange one, and it's turned out to be an absolute disaster, hasn't it? Whoever signed that off uh, needs to have a, a word with themselves because I thought it was strange at the time he coming. He just gave us the like the impression that he didn't really want to be here. He, he was. Got a lot of criticism in the um, the little time he did play. And then obviously we got him out of the club, and then the news was it today or yesterday come out that he's um, he's no longer our player. Which for FFP reasons, which was mentioned earlier, uh, I don't suppose he's well. He's going to be on big money, isn't he? So I think it's win win all around. Win for the club that they've got him off the wage bill. Good for him that he can just carry on with his football and and everybody moves on. The other element about this that is a bit murky, um, Nick Miller, formerly of this parish, uh, tweeted the Guardian story reporting on this. And he said, Forest are a weird club, which I don't think, I mean, I think all football clubs are a bit weird and murky, but Forest have got their eccentricities, let's say. And he's taken absolute dog's abuse about it. Um, and I, just before we started recording, I likened it to if somebody uh, was to say to somebody, oh, yes, your your daughter's been naughty at school today. And it's like them turning around and going, what are you saying? I'm a bad parent. You're going to report me to social services. I've taken it incredibly personally. It's a bit, bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, 
it is. I see where some fans are coming. Well, for me, I know everybody's different, and are the, some of the things what Nick Miller has said in the past um, has come on my timeline, and it's from like a, a seems to be a negative agenda. I don't know if that's coincidental that I'm only seeing certain bits of his um, timeline. So I did think, oh, it's another negative dig at the club. I know there's clubs out there who are not crystal clear. They do things a bit strange. We're definitely in that bracket. We, we do do some things which you'd like, you take a step back and you're thinking, oh, that, that's a bit strange. But I think every club has their like quirky w- ways of working or workings and things like that. And I think, I know he's took it from a guardian and everything, but I think everybody in the last week, well, the last few weeks with Steve Cooper leaving and then Daniel Taylor's put a piece about the club and everything, then uh, Paul Taylor's put something, then obviously Nick Miller's part of the Athletic. I think everybody's put everybody into like one basket kind of thing. And then, so I think it's his, whether it's right or wrong, I think it's his type of turn that he's getting dogs abused because he's the latest one to put something on there. I think some of it's a bit over the top, but then I can see other bits why people are... So my my take on this, and and I'm sure that uh, George and Jamie of our podcast and, and Stephen as well, as people who know a bit about journalism, but my take on this is that I think it's the life of a journalist. Um, ultimately, negative press and negative headlines generate more interest, more readership, more ad revenue than positive stories. And and Forrest are ripe for those kinds of things at the moment because it's very easy to portray them as a crisis club. So that's my take on it. Um, just to move on quickly, we've, we've discussed the Man United victory in our match report. So if you're new to this podcast, we do reports on every single Forrest match. And the most recent podcast we did before today was indeed our report on the Manchester United victory where I was joined by Baz and Jeremy to talk about a memorable day. Now, the only thing I'm just going to add to that is that uh, Baz and Jeremy and I are all of a certain vintage, so we're old enough to remember Forrest beating Man United previously, but other members of this podcast, uh, namely Ellie, Adam, George and Jamie, they've never in their lifetime seen Forrest beat Man United. So so enjoy the moment, kids. Um, And, you know, Man United are not the force they once were, but still, I can understand why people are enjoying it so much. Let's just move to the final story that Jamie brought us. Married on the Midlands, Forest have got six players away at AFCON, um, and including uh, several in, in, in defensive positions. But, of course, Taiwo Wanyi is recovering from his injury. He has not travelled with Nigeria. Um Bearing in mind that we've got a break of three weeks in the league, two weeks if you take into account the FA Cup tie against Blackpool, um, it's, it, it doesn't hurt English clubs as much as it might have done otherwise, does it? Yeah, it's, it, it's not it's not as bad as it as it could have been. Um, I think I think we'll, we'll we'll cope okay with it. The um, it's it's always a the, that sort of mini break we have now in the Premier League sort of helps a bit. I remember when. Um, Junior Ogogo, uh, may he rest in peace, went away, and it was it was a sense of pride, it was an excitement watching him play um, in in Afcon, and I think if I remember rightly, they went on and won it that se- that season, um, and that was slap bang in sort of a busy period of of matches for us. But um, it, the players got every right to go from it's it's the African version of the European Championships. You wouldn't ask a, a European player to miss European Championships and just 
because of geography and weather, it has to be in January. So, um, yeah, good. I think good, wish wish all the players good luck. Hope they come back um, injury free. And I think it is an opportunity for one or two of our other squad players to uh, maybe cement a place in their absence. Yeah, Tom. I mean, um, I think in there's there's certain things that I mean, Kuyate isn't isn't really a first teamer a great deal of the time anyway. Obviously, Aina is. Aurier hasn't been playing um, very much recently. The, I think the big loss is that Nierkati and Bolly, um, Nierkati in particular, the last two matches, he's been magnificent and has been my man of the match against both Newcastle and Manchester United. Um, so, but on the other hand, it gives other players a chance to step up, doesn't it? Yeah. And another thing is we don't play many games this month either. So it's a win-win uh, all around because we, the players can go out and enjoy representing their countries at AFCON. Um, some fringe players can stake a place in the side and we're not going to miss the players too much because obviously Blackpool on Sunday, um, Brentford middle of the month and then Arsenal at the back end of the month. So I think we'd be okay. If it was like a bit like last January where there was a lot of games, then I think we would suffer more than we're probably going to do this um, year. So, yeah, I think it would be okay. Uh, just sincerely hope we don't get any suspensions or injuries over the next uh, few weeks because if that happens, then obviously it's our squad's going to be tested. Yeah. And and Maradona, am I right in saying that uh, once... Once uh, countries get eliminated, then the players can come back and, and play in their league team. So it's possible, for example, with the Arsenal match, depending upon how uh, Cote d'Ivoire and Senegal and Nigeria get on, it's possible that some or all of those players might be back. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, as soon as they're over there, they're back, flying back home. So, um, yeah, you never know. They might be back sooner than, than they expected. Mm, okay, thank you very much to uh, Maradona Midlands and Tom. Just one addendum to what we've discussed already. Uh, so something that wasn't in Jamie's news bulletin, but there are rumours that Forrest are looking at the goalkeeping position and potentially going in for Kaylor Navas, who of course was on loan at the city ground in the second half of last season. And our George wanted to have his say about this. So just on the news that Navas might be coming back to the city ground, because while I share the viewpoint that I suppose many of the fans don't, I wouldn't be a fan, if I'm being honest, and I'd rather have Matt Turner in goal. I think the issue with Matt Turner that's quite clear is his kicking, his distribution, that he doesn't seem to be learning his lesson, shown by Newcastle. I think there was about three ga- three times in a row that Forrest played it back to him. He booted it out for a sort of throw in or gave the ball away they counter-attacked we got a goal kick and that was a repetitive cycle and he didn't learn his lesson he's not learning his lesson shown by the goal we conceded to man united but in terms of his shot stopping ability he's a strong shot stopper um he maybe flaps a bit in the air but personally i think he's a better shot stopper than navas because last season i never felt confident with navas in goal and uh, i said at one point in the season he'd made um four mistakes leading to goals in six games which you don't want as a keeper and that's through his shot stopping, not through his distribution like Turner or something. Um, I think off the top of my head, Leeds away, Brentford away, cost us, and there's a few more in there um, as well. And he parries into striker's path, which is something you know you can't have in a goalkeeper. Turner, at least when he makes a save, he pushes it away. Why not Forrest go and get Aaron Ramsdale? You know, he's been sat on the bench all season at Arsenal. It's ambitious, but so was Navas last season, and we pulled that off. So why not get Aaron Ramsdale as a loan signing? That's my ambitious shout. 
Okay, thank you very much, George. Um, now, we're going to discuss the goalkeeping situation when we do our review of the year and our discussion show, uh, which is called The Forest Ramble, if you're new to listening to 1865. And we're going to do that uh, in the week after the Blackpool game. Um, but just very quickly, in a word or in a sentence, married on the Midlands, would you have Kaylor Navas back? Uh, no, I, I share some of the concerns of George there. I, I wasn't particularly a great fan of bringing him in the first place. And uh, yeah, he, he did make mistakes last year as well. So I think if I probably somebody better in the championship, if I'm honest. OK. And Tom, same question to you. Would you bring Navas back? Um, no, I'd look around Europe and try and get a young upcoming goalkeeper with a bit of experience behind him. I think we've wasted so much money in terms of uh, goalkeepers. We had Navas, Henderson last year. We spent 16 million on these two. Um, and at the end of the day, we didn't give a contract to Samba, which he probably deserved. Mm, OK, uh, so both of those were quite long sentences, but I appreciate your views. And as I say, we'll return to that discussion during the little break. But thank you very much for listening to 1865, the Friday Five. Thank you to the Maradon the Midlands, to Tom, to Jamie and to George. And if you like what you hear, then please give us a New Year gift write a review especially if you're listening on a fruit-based device uh you can share our podcast with your friends you can um subscribe and you can join us on social media all the links are at 1865.football and in the meantime we'll be back after the blackpool match with a match report and we will join you again during the little break so take care of yourself and we'll catch you soon Podcast Network.